0: Welcome to Highly Volatile, an unfiltered podcast for real-life professional traders, investors, and top executives. To be the best, you need your thoughts and perspectives challenged by the best. This podcast series features some of the most thought-provoking and disruptive minds in both businesses and investing. My name is Kevin Van Tromp, and I'm joined each podcast by my good friend, legendary trader and angel investor, Andy Daniels. Together, we attempt to challenge the conventional and gain a better understanding of the disruptor. We search high and low for wealth hacks and exciting new investment opportunities, but at the same time, try to uncover hidden pitfalls and unforeseen changes coming our direction that might rock our worlds. We hope you're challenged by our unfiltered thoughts and conversations and enjoy our highly volatile podcast. Hi, this is Kevin Van Trump here with the uh, Highly Volatile Podcast with my good friend Andy Daniels, and we've got the opportunity today to have a good friend of both of ours on call with uh, Tom Willis, CEO of Kind of Stoke Energy, and as everyone knows, Tom uh, not only has a uh, big vested interest in the ethanol industry, but also has a big farm operation, a nice-sized farm operation out in southwest Kansas, and we're going to kind of pick his brain a little bit and see what he's hearing on different things. And Andy, how are you doing out in Florida, and Tom – Andy's in Florida still, and Tom's in, uh, out in southwest Kansas right now, right, Tom?
1: Yeah, we are, although it's uh, 81 here today, and the wind's not blowing too bad, so, man, you'd think we were in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Andy, has it down there with you?
0: Kids good, and everybody good?
2: Oh, well, everything's good, yeah. Uh-huh. The, um few more masks showing up when you go to the stores, but other than that, you wouldn't know anything's different other than... Uh, the malls are empty and um, people are kind of just cohabitating in their homes.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Same here. Uh, we were both kind of surprised to see the market rally as uh, as strongly as it did here today. And uh, you know, I, I was listening to some traders talk just a second ago, and they said the triple Qs. Uh, you know, the triple Q ETF. They were, it's back up uh, year over year. It's higher on <laughs> on its mark. So. I don't know. I can't buy into uh, there for about 10 years. We were, I, I was momentum trading for the most part and buying high and selling higher and shit. I can't, I can't buy into this rally. And like, a, you you know, I've been short some S and P's and trying to hedge off on uh some of our other portfolios, but I don't, I think we're turning into a little bit of a bear market here for sure. Uh, maybe the next 12, 18 months. And I think you can see 20% rallies in bear markets. You, you've seen them, Andy. You've been part of them. Tom, you guys have all traded through these things. What, what are, you, where are you guys' stance on the overall stock market right here?
1: I well, think I, that... Go ahead, Andy. Oh, no, no, go ahead, Tom. Tom, please. Oh, I, I, I was just going to say, I agree. I, this, this economy uh, has had some damage to it, so uh, I'm more bearish than I am bullish. Let me put it that way. I have taken a lot of my portfolio and he turned it uh to cash right now on the sidelines.
2: Yeah, I can't argue with that too much. Um I think there's some irrational exuberance going on and, you know, look, uh people are just looking for any straw to grasp and if we start talking about maybe uh hospital um stays in the in the New York are coming down, death counts in New York are coming down a little bit uh, you know, one day in a row when they're not going up. Uh that's enough to get a market that's, you know, looking for anything any anything to cl- uh, glean on to uh to, to pop and that's kinda feels like what we got what we got today. Will it follow through? It could. Um but longer term I, I think we've done enough structural damage to this market that uh to think we're gonna go back and, and uh all sins are forgiven and all uh all issues behind us, I think that's uh that's a fool's errand. And so, yeah, we can have these gyrations and that's obviously what we're doing, but um longer term I, I the roller coaster is is uh is still gonna go down again, in my opinion. Yeah, oh, I would agree.
1: Uh,
0: let's uh, let's kinda of talk the eight hundred pound grill in the room and Crude oil and the ethanol here. I I argued with several people, that, hell, I thought even if we didn't have coronavirus right now, Tom, and we just had the fallout we have in crude oil, I argued that the stock market would be down at this level just because of the ripple effects and uh, and the fallout that we're possibly going to see in this crude sector. What what are you
1: hearing, Tom, on the uh, on the crude
0: slash ethanol side of things?
1: Well, I, I I will tell you that there's so a few fundamentals. Nobody, in my opinion, can produce oil for $18 a barrel uh, or $20 a barrel. Your ex- exploration costs, uh, drilling costs, are higher than that. So you were correct uh, when Russia and Saudi Arabia decided to go to war with each with each other. Um, man, what an impact it it had! Uh, number two. And I think, you know, probably the biggest deal is where are we going to put it all? Uh, There are several buyers out there of crude that are force majeure. I imagine they'll stick it in boats, uh, tubs, uh, rail cars. Uh, We've had a lot of, uh, well, by a lot, I should say five or six oil companies call, ask if they could store uh, train loads of crude on our tracks if we, if we add extra space, uh, so they're looking for places to put it. But it's conceivable uh, in some areas that they go to, go to no bid. I don't know that you see that reflected in the futures markets, but you certainly could see it reflected in the cash markets as they run out of place to put it. So it has a, uh, in my opinion, it is having a big pa- impact on the overall uh, economy. I've always been one, of course, I'm in the energy business. But you know, if the economy functions best when we have crude up between 60 and 65 bucks, maybe 70 dollars. Um, it certainly does not function very well when you look at uh, the amount of jobs that this is uh, cutting uh, at these type of levels. And there are some pretty big layoffs going on. Very big layoffs. So, which has a direct impact on the price of gasoline. Um, I will say the g- price of gasoline probably has more to do with the uh, with the coronavirus out there, but things that we, reports I read, show potentially a 50% reduction in driving, at least for the next uh, 45, 60 days. And uh, if you do that, you go from, what, $140 billion, uh down to um, $70 billion uh, you can see what that uh, what that does for gasoline, where they're going to store it, but bringing it back home, what that does for ethanol. We have a capacity in this United States to produce about uh, 17 billion gallons of ethanol, um, assuming that we, in the last 60 days, uh, we've shut in about, um, I would say somewhere around two billion. Uh, there was a billion that was already uh, out, so you're at three. Uh, so 17, take that down to 14. Exports, it may be one. You take it down to 13. If you cut driving in 50%, you're down at seven. There's still another four, another four or five um, billion that have got to come out of the marketplace, and I would expect in the next two weeks you'll hear another rash and a round of, uh, of plants that. Uh, are either slowing down considerably or going to be shut down. So when you look at that, you know, the real underlying story there is what kind of demand destruction are we doing for corn? Uh, you know, 300 million, 400 million bushels, uh, that don't get ground. Um, and I think that's the underlying story when you really talk about rural America is, uh, the impact that it's going to have there. So I would tell you, uh, uh, the overall energy uh, component is not good right now. At least not in the heartland, and not in the, those of us that to, to make our living with energy.
2: Is three or four hundred million uh, a big enough number, Tom? Um, you're just talking I, I, about I'm a sixty-day reduction of fifty percent, right?
1: Yeah, I'm being conservative there, dude. Well, and I'm assuming that that fifty percent is not for the full year, but it could be. It could right. be as high as Five hundred million, Andy. I mean, if you know, the thing that concerns me is you look at this thing. Once it gets, once we get the economy up and going, what's going to take us to work through the the stuff that's stored? You know, is that another four yeah, or five Andrews, months? Yeah.
2: Are you getting uh, any notices from any of the oil companies about sales you have on, and uh, they want you to hold them back and? Well, yes, what we're you getting force majeure
1: on, on both oil, both crude and ethanol.
2: Just outright force majeure, huh? Do I have no place to take it.
1: Now, we are fortunate ourselves in the fact that we do a lot of export, so it's more minimal for us. But if you are a single-sourced market, uh, a plant that has a single-source whether it be trucks or or uh, singles or something like that, uh, yeah, there's there are notices going out. So whether these slowdowns um, that you're reading about uh, that are hitting this week, um, maybe that curtails part of that. I I don't know, but yes, we have. I have. So I guess I can speak from for myself. We we've, we've seen it in both crude and we've seen it in in uh, ethanol and then taking that a step further we are not doing it ourselves although we've slowed up production uh, to go to for the very epitome of efficiency we can get we're going to honor all of our grain contracts with all of our producers but there is talk on uh, some of the plants that are forced measuring uh, contracts uh, for delivery and uh, just saying, we're not going to honor those uh, corn contracts. So, you know, what does the farmer do there? And I think you've seen not that. not honor the them at eat, all, or not a, not not physically take delivery. You're physically, not going to take delivery of them. Hmm. Um, you know, is that mark Is that is that market wide? Probably not. I wouldn't want to give the, the feeling that every ethanol plant out there is doing that because a lot of them are trying to honor their contracts or or if they have to delay delivery, you know, pay, maybe paying some type of carry if they can. But um, there are some that are just saying no. And, and you've seen this basis break back considerably in the last two weeks, corn
2: basis. go um, oh, hell yeah. from 25 cents, 30 cents, so. More than that in other places, I'm, I'm understanding, depending on where the concentration of uh, slowdowns or shutdowns are coming from. Right, Tom?
1: Yep. What What are you hearing, Andy?
2: Well, just that. I mean, you know, between the futures and the basis, you, you, you certainly, I think that you've seen a, a greater break in basis levels structurally east of the Mississippi than west, is what I'm hearing. Um, but you know, and I think it's it's kind of in pockets where the shutdowns, uh, you know, where, where plants are going down, uh, so does the basis.
1: Absolutely. Well, we, we've seen it break here. Um, and I think a lot of that is our basis is somewhat driven off the Hereford market, and that basis is broken back uh, just simply because where they originate some of their grains. So there's been a lot of, uh, you know, flat prices uh, considerably lower today, Um for old crop than it was uh, even a month ago. So, so Tom, what are you?
0: Uh, I was going to shift gears just a second when you were talking to Herefords and livestock. Since you're out there in Southwest Kansas, we're ton of livestock uh, operations and facilities and packing facilities. And I've gotten to call a couple of calls over the weekend from folks not being able you know they had loaded up the cattle took them to a feedlot and feedlot once they got there said hey change of plans all of a sudden and uh, a couple of the processing plants had shut down and they were backing up at the feedlot and they just told them you know we're going to give you 10 <laughs> ranging from 10 cents to 30 cents uh, a pound or take them back home i guess well they took the cattle back home but uh we've heard that a couple of different times and then heard that with some hogs and some other things going into Tyson uh, just this last over the weekend that you know some of the plants were running really, really low on employees and people not showing up and they're way backed up and behind. What are you hearing out in your neck of the woods on the livestock side of things?
1: I haven't heard of anybody sending them home yet but I do believe that we're getting closer and uh, one of the things that I have been working on in Washington D.C. is to try to get CRP open back up to allow grazing, so that at least on the on the stalker side of things, um, guys aren't forced to take them to the to the yard and and uh, have it shoved up to Wahoo. Um, you know, people are trying to farm, so you've got to take them off corn stocks. Now they really don't have any place to go with them, but by opening up the uh, the CRP, they would have a place they could go with them for a few, few months and see if this thing corrected itself.
2: My Kevin, is this here, as much a labor just, issue as anything? What's that? Is this as much a labor issue as anything at the plant level? And uh, then I it kind of trickles down from there. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I, I would we, agree, Andy. We, I think we got to think too, a little bit of what we were, what was on we were, there was a call today. Uh, You know, we think that for sure is the initial knee-jerk, that are we going to see a setback uh, just economically if we, you know, we're not going to probably be back to full employment anytime soon. We know we're at 50-year levels. I don't know if and when we get back there uh, anytime soon, but we start to wonder about not only what it does to the U.S. economy, but what it does to these global economies, Andy, like you and I were talking the other night. And, you know, we do a pretty healthy business in exports of livestock, and if they start to scale back, uh, you know, their income levels and, and their movement of a, to a higher protein diet, you know, we may see uh, some, you know, unfortunately some scale back uh, on the demand side, especially with all these restaurant clo- closures and, you know, higher end closures. I I, I wonder if you're going to ba- start backing some things up into some of the packing plants and the, and the beef processing side and, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just interesting. It's just, it's not interesting. It's sad, uh, to see how the, the dominoes may fall here a little bit, but yeah, I think it's labor for sure right now, but <clears throat> some of They're just not showing up to work, right,
1: Tom? Right, right, Kevin? Yeah. yeah.
0: No, no, I think, I, I
1: think it's, it, it's a labor issue because of the concern. And I will tell you, like I said, this, what I just told you earlier, that we had a, um, a case of, of uh, Corona uh, founded Liberal today, that doesn't sound like much in this little town, does it? But if that proves to be at the packing yard, packing house, what's that going to do to yeah. this beef? when you mm-hmm.
2: beef?
1: Yeah, you, you could take it to his well, knees, that, right?
0: And, and Andy, that's where I'm saying it's, I, I agree. It's just a labor issue right now, but now you're starting to have the fun sniff around and, question like hmm what if the economy kind of really we do get a little weak here for the next 12 18 what's that do to overall beef demand you know what i'm saying and that it's like gosh dang we don't need them we don't need them starting to really lean aggressively on the uh, just because the you know the weakness in the economy will obviously taper back some of the uh, some of that demand so i i don't know I, it's just interesting to see how they're starting to circle here a little bit well, well, and then well, you know
2: you you made a lot of, you, made, you made a big hula today about uh, you know the the tiger in the Bronx Zoo getting corona, and you've had dog, cases of dogs getting it, and you know it hasn't really infiltrated into our uh, our food system yet, and from the animal side, but God forbid, I mean I'm not suggesting that's going to happen. I'm not, but you know who knows? We're dealing with a
1: lot of unknowns here. I, I think the other thing, when you look at it, Andy and, and Kevin, with the employment unemployment rate where it is at, uh, how many people are buying cuts of beef? Well, what's the biggest seller? You know, uh, I guess hamburgers, uh, uh, pizza, things like that. I just wonder if the demand is going to be out there for the, for the more expensive cuts of beef for a while. Uh, yeah, I think
0: that's Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, Tom, you're in the restaurant business as well a little bit and you and Andy, what, what are you guys seeing there? You had to close, I'm assuming you closed down the restaurants or how are you guys doing that?
2: now? You want
1: to go Andy? You go ahead. Or Tom. Me.
2: No, you go ahead.
1: Well, we uh by state law we had to close in dining but we're doing takeout and uh home delivery um and actually uh all things considered i, I think it's doing okay uh we're, we're seeing that market grow wouldn't you agree with me andy every week we get a little higher sales um with it but it's certainly right. having an impact i mean you know, we're no different than anybody else. We had to let 80 people go um, when this thing hit.
2: So it, it is having, so I we're think... covering our few- variable costs and some of our operational overhead. Um, but, you know, I mean, no one's cutting a fat hog. I, I guess some of the, uh, you know, the delivery-only kitchens, ghost kitchens, as they call them, they, they're probably doing okay now in different parts of the country. Um, and, you know, our... Little niche out in uh, Logan, Utah is, uh, is kind of a niche market. But, um, you know, the, there's, there's a lot of, well, we've read countless stories about the uh, layoffs and the, and, and the sector of the economy where people are hardest hit is the, is the sector of the economy where people are at the lowest rung of the economic ladder. So, you know, that all plays onto itself and uh, just kind of manifests the problem.
1: I will tell you, the other uh, that's getting hard, uh, our hotel that we've got, I had uh, one person in it on Friday, one person in it on Saturday, one person yesterday, and nobody today.
2: Wow, wow, wow. Well, and you got they to have 60% occupancy to break even. I mean, that, that, that yeah, sustainable. Yeah. I mean, and normally, and we normally have fifty to sixty
1: rooms. Well, fifty rooms anyway, uh, Monday through Thursday um, sold. And a lot of those are from national beef or from the oil industry with people coming up through. None of it's none of it's there. I mean, you know, zero people. I didn't ever think I would see zero, but. That's
2: that's a
1: sector that's getting waxed pretty hard, too. At yeah, least out agree. here. I don't know about you guys' direction, but out here it
0: sure is. Oh, no, for sure, across the board. And that's what Andy and I were saying. Like, you, you know, who would have ever thought zero, like you're saying? I mean, just zeroing it out, uh, you know, in many sectors and spaces. So that's, you know, that's the unfathomable,
2: I believe, don't you think, uh, as well, right, Andy? Well, I do, and, you know, Kevin, as we were talking about, I mean, you know, I have business interests over in Africa, um, and, you know, they, they mentioned uh, probably the wealthiest country over there in Nigeria, um, that they're, um, you know, they're, they're doing a shutdown in there uh, for, for two weeks, and uh, I said, well, two weeks, that's not long enough, and they said, well, after two weeks, people will be starving. I mean, you 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 know, the cure is worse than the uh, disease itself, and so, how are you going to shut down all these third world countries? We're the wealthiest country with the biggest safety net and, you know, the biggest uh, printing press in the world. And, and how are these other countries going to uh, sustain and, and, and quarantine is one thing, but, but at the end of the day, all you're doing is buying a little bit of time to, to come up with better treatments and hopefully a vaccine. Um, because the minute you go back out into the real world and people start you know, socializing and interacting again, it's going to come back again because, you know, you're not immune after you get it once and you're not going to uh, uh, stop it if you just continue to uh, circulate people around and, and and it's going to take a while for people to get comfortable doing that to begin with, let alone to, to stop it entirely. The world just can't do it. And so I, I come back to how can we, how can we just kind of say it's all behind us? And because cases are going down in areas that were, you know, the, the the darkest clouds over them, doesn't mean that it's behind us and it and it's all back to normal again. It's not, and it's not going to be for a while, unfortunately. Yeah, I think no, like
0: I would I have to, uh, yeah, go ahead, Tom. I, I was going to say that, you know, like like we were talking, Andy. It's, uh, you know, it took after 9-11, it took three years for the American consumer to come back to booking flights at the same capacity that they were booking flights uh, into 9-11. And so, like you said, unless, until they get, you get a vaccine in your arm, I I mean, yes, some people are going to come back out because some people are going to do some things and people are going to go out and do, but not to the level or capacity that we were uh, going into this. And that's, that's a little bit of the scary part. You know, what, what, where are we going to really be at uh, from an economic standpoint uh, as we come back online? And like you guys are saying, how long is it going to take uh, to, to make that, uh, to get back uh, on our feet, I guess, full steam ahead. So I think it's going to take a little, little bit of time. So
1: Do we have, we have to have
2: 7 billion people out there with, uh, with needles in their arms and how, how quick can that happen? What were you saying about Gates the other day, Kevin, that, He said you better start getting plants built (laughs) once we do have a vaccine to be able to produce them to, 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 you know, to get them out there. He was acting like one of the bigger problems wasn't just the vaccine itself. It was uh, how do you get the plants uh, and how do you
0: facilitate and get seven and a half million people, you know, how do do you get the vaccines to keep it since we're all mobile in a global world now and people travel freely all around the globe, how do you get that uh, you know, it just, people are going to fly in and create hot spots for the next whatever as long as this thing continues to brew, and that's what's going to spook the herd and keep people a little edgy, I think, and keep people a little uh, hunkered down. So, Tom, what
1: were you going to keep say? Keep
0: people a lot edgy.
1: I'm just going to say, does the government have a big enough print press to be able to handle all
2: this? <laughs>
0: I don't know on that way. Yeah.
2: I don't know. They did in uh, Germany in the twenties, I think. Yeah, I like I said. I, I, I
0: you got a twenty trillion dollar economy. You just, you know, you just threw two trillion at it, and I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it, it's going to put a Band-Aid on it here for a minute. I, I just, there's a lot of human psychology involved moving forward here, and it's, it's going to be real interesting to see. Like I said, as we come back out of this. Like Dallas saying they got the stay-at-home order in place till the end of May. I mean, holy hell! I mean, you're talking about really changing some dynamics of of everything. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. So I I don't know. It's it's going to be, I guess, scary. What uh, What are you hearing out there, Tom, from the farmer side of things? I mean, you're you're right there with all the farmers and a lot of the uh, bankers and everything else. I mean, people scared? Yes
1: they are yeah and there's a lot of scrutiny going into you know to uh operating notes and and that's when i mentioned redoing budgets and redoing budgets i tell you what uh i've heard you say kevin uh a lot of times that a, that a farmer needs to be able to produce corn for three bucks uh and to a point i agree with you and i believe he can if he's given time to, for the cost uh production cost uh, curve to bend Uh, but you sure as heck can't do it in six months. (laughs) And there's nobody set up out here to produce it for three bucks. Not today. Over time, as inputs get cheaper, as they respond to to lower input, uh, lower commodity costs, maybe they can do it, but they're sure not set up to do it today. And it it would not surprise me to see uh, uh, another round of of consolidation um, out here. What do you saying
0: happened to land prices?
1: haven't uh, you know well i I'll, I'll give you a uh, a good example. I got called the other day by somebody that had six quarters. Uh, they were had uh, for sale. they couldn't get a bid on it. They could not get in. you know it was okay water. Uh, they could not get a bid on it and wanted, wanted to know if, if uh, we were interested in farming it uh, for a couple of years for them. They took it back off the market, but the auction house uh, didn't want to take it to auction because they could not get a single bid on it, and I had not seen that before. Usually there's a, a price with which somebody would buy something, no bid. Sure. You know, now, Andy
0: and I have talked, and uh,
1: it, you get this, you'll find
0: this maybe interesting. Now, Andy and I have talked and, <clears throat> about the land thing, and you know, we see we definitely see value in in land, whether it's through you know, on the on the ag farm side or just what people are coming in and paying for solar leases now, or or whatever it may be. We we know there's going to be value in land at some point, but uh, we sit here and I I you know I advise a lot of banks, and a lot of bigger banking institutions, and I sit and say they don't really have accurate and good market to market ability to judge their risk. And as of the last three or four years, I mean, there really hasn't been too much supply put on the market because nobody wants, you know, how when prices rallied up higher and now you got ground, you, you, you don't want to put your land up for sale as, as we're pulling back 20% or 25%. So you know, uh, the market devaluing has kept a decent amount of ground off the marketplace. Um, and so you've had a lack, a little bit of lack of supply. And that's helped keep prices propped up because when a property or a farm comes up close to you or in proximity to your operation, a lot of the locals will bid on it uh, to try and add the, you know, a key piece to the puzzle, so to speak. You also have hedge funds or should say pension funds uh, and unions and different people in buying farm ground as well, churches, things of that nature to uh, keep prices supported with the limited supply on. I, I, it would just be very – Crazy to see the true value or where we'd really be if you had a glut of supply come onto the market. I, I don't know if there would be the buyers there to support it. Andy, Tom, what do you, you know? What
2: I, 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 I don't think there probably not. Too.
0: Probably not right now.
2: You know, well, you've had I a lot of demand little... from uh, from the pension funds and the hedge funds because yeah. you know it's they could they, they the the the, 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 the Rentals have been fairly consistent, but, you know, as you said, land that's contiguous to someone is always worth more, and that's kind of kept the price, in my opinion, a little bit artificially high over the last three or four years. As other input costs have come down, land really hasn't. Um, And it's the 800-pound grill in the room. Um, And we're going to find out just how, how solid that demand is if we keep corn prices down here, you know, I, I'm fearful that we could find out pretty quickly what, what that really is worth, and it's not where it is now. I think
1: as, I it think will be interesting to see keep, if it uh, follows it the way it did in the mid-80s. you gotta remember what that was like. Will, I don't I think it will, though. I think
0: not. I think as long as you can keep the supply that's coming onto the market somewhat limited... I, I think you're going to have enough buyers and I mean, a lot of people want to buy land on a break and, you know, there's some guys sitting with some pretty strong hands, uh, you know, out there right now still, but I think have some dry powder, but you know, as, as, as you continue to look at farming though, of number two corn or, or traditional beans and here we are the world deeming us somewhat the high cost producer. Yeah. I mean, that that, uh, model may, may have to shift a little bit. Um, uh, like I said, there may have to be, you know, certain areas that that will work in, and in other areas you may have to pivot more towards something a little more alternative. Wouldn't you agree, Andy? I would, yes. Yeah. Yes. You so. guys have cut back a little cotton out there, Tom? I know guys were growing cotton there last year. Or two. Uh,
1: I think they're cutting back this year, yeah, when you when you look at the, yeah. the price. And uh, I think some of them had good luck with it last year. Some of them didn't, but I do not believe we're going the acres uh that we saw last year what i'm really seeing is more corn more corn uh, yeah I'm, I'm seeing i'm seeing more corn maybe because they feel like they have more
2: control over the yield um
1: we even at these prices
2: tom i mean you might have you know back when they did the surveys and we got the uh planting intentions um <laughs> oh, well it's changed since then mean you
1: well i you know. that, that's the point andy that i was making when redoing my budgets you know i'm i'm getting ready to take a delivery of uh, our seed order and my budgets tell me today i should raise beans mm-hmm. on that so but i don't know overall when i talk with people i'm just hearing uh corn and sorghum and uh sorghum out here works well uh lower input costs um so i am hearing i i think there'll be more sorghum that goes in this year too and i'm speaking <laughs> specifically to our area but cotton I, I don't see the cotton acres near this year as they were last year i don't and i just not hear of anybody planting beans Now that doesn't mean they're not but when i talk with people i, I don't hear i can use like, like you normally would in terms of a rotation Bean basis frozen. is a little weak out
0: there, isn't it, Tom? What's bean basis out there? It's not.
1: Uh, if you look at it uh, with freight, you're looking at somewhere between 80 under. I'm, I'm going to say 80, 80 under, 90 under. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, one time, tell them what you were paying for corn at one time. Corn basis
1: over there was strong, wasn't it? Two oh, uh, we, yeah, we, have. we We paid 40, 45 over yeah, forty over forty-one today, yeah. but we have.
0: Yeah. Oh no, no. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. You've that numbers changed dramatically, hasn't it, over the last few weeks? Oh,
1: we have no bid. We no bought. We bought out through July. So, and again, I'm I'm personalizing this, but we are kind of we kind of set the market for Western Kansas, and uh, we we have uh, we have no bid. We bought early okay. and. Yeah, so if you come out in August, I might entertain something.
0: <laughs> and now you wonder, Andy, why, why we, you know, everyone talks about why the base is the week, and there you have it, huh? In the nutshell. plans, no bid. Yeah, that'll change a lot of things, so. What, uh we want to talk politics? Sure will. What are we thinking? I was just asking Tommy before we were talking, Andy, I just, you know, I'm, I see, yeah. You know, do we believe in the polls? Do we not believe the polls? Who the hell knows? I don't know. I mean,
1: yeah, I, 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 I for here. one, really, I really don't because it's because no. I've never seen him be tr- truly right. Uh, you know, it still comes back to the economy. If, if, if somehow this gets st- uh, sorted out, I still think Trump's the, the uh, man. Um, and maybe it's just by him, by default because Biden is just not impressive. And, and really, have you seen him on TV? Have you really seen him? I mean, he's almost disappeared now. I've uh, been pretty busy, and I haven't watched the news the way I normally do. But when was the last time you really saw, uh, and again, I'm a Fox watcher, anything on Biden? It's almost like he's disappeared and fallen off the edge, edge of the earth.
2: So well, I think the gamblers dementia. are kind of keeping him at bay because he's he's shown obvious signs of dementia or, or certain lapses, it's and uh, it's 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 serious and it seems for real. It's I think it's dementia. So my question is: for this, <laughs> does Como end up running?
0: Yeah, we've heard some talk that that he could throw his hat in the ring if it comes out of New York, but uh, after after they get past it, but.
1: I don't know whether yeah. he carries as much baggage as Bloomberg did. That didn't go very far. But uh. no,
2: well, I think he's got some skeletons in his closet too. So you know,
1: I would say the, the, the one Tom, thing Trump is done. What's that? Yeah.
0: Tell me this: if you get a Democratic president, or by some wild card, Democrats were to sweep, what does it do to the ethanol? Space slash crude space energy space for us. I mean,
1: uh, price of oil goes up considerably because right. they'll shut down. They'll shut down. Uh, I mean, they've Fracking, all made the uh, drilling on public grounds. Um, the ethanol side of things, you you would like to say that uh, they're green. I don't know that it really impacts it, and I'll tell you why. There's a segment of the left that feels like uh commercial farming and commercial farming is anybody with a that doesn't have a mule and uh two milk cows um is bad. Uh cafe standards we know what that means I so happened. I really don't know that it doesn't I I'd be honest with you. You know, AG typically does better under Democrat than they do Republicans right. but I, I really don't know. Um, maybe there's a little bit of benefit with uh, with ethanol if, if if there's a sweep there. But really, when you look yeah. at it, look at Obama. I mean, uh, he was all green and talk and stuff like that. Really, what did he do for us? What did he do for ethanol? Uh, and he had probably one of the most ethanol-friendly secretary bags in bolsacks there was. Um, so really, what what did they do? Yeah. Really, I. Not that much, so I don't know. It's dancer friendly. It's dancer friendly oil, though. I can I would tell you that in my opinion. Really? What do you think?
0: No, I I think that's interesting because you used to always think you get a Republican in office that'd be friendly oil, just because you know like the Bush era, camp, you know the Bush era presidencies and the other. And I think that's interesting. You're probably absolutely right. I mean, probably definitely friendly oil because you're going to shut down all the fracking here in the U.S. Just different situation, different climate. And, uh, the political climate and yeah, I think that definitely you know we sweep and go left. Uh, you're definitely going to have to farm through more hoops on the clean energy side, and uh, climate change is going to push harder and deeper. I got to imagine, and you know how does that those restrictions and guidelines start to add to the cost of farming? I mean, those are definitely hurdles you got to think about. And Like you said, I, I I don't I don't think that's advantageous for the traditional. And I should say the the more advanced technologically advanced farm operations, you know, they're probably going to be some headwinds.
2: So, the one thing I, that,
1: you that when you look at renewables, that I think uh, under a uh, Democrat, um, let's just say that they sweep. Uh, this renewable diesel is picking up. Um, it's picking up traction. And really? the thing yeah. that that I like about it is it the people investing in it are the, are the major refiners. Um, you know, we're looking at doing one ourselves, putting the, in the plant. Um, that that may, might have some merit, but I don't know, starch-based ethanol, um, biodiesel, unless they want to continue with the tax credit, I think renewable diesel uh, kind of pushes it to the sideline. Yeah. And um, and ethanol, I think, it gets sold as a transition fuel to electricity or whatever it is that they want to try to get out there with. But I wish I could tell you that I thought a Democrat House and Senate and President would be really bullish for us. But I, I don't know that it's as bullish as one would think. Yeah, interesting. What's
0: happening with the sorghum board? I know you're on the,
1: you're still on the board over there at sorghum. Yeah, uh, well, I would say the big thing there is China continues to want to keep their people uh, half drunk, and uh, exports of, uh, I think, of, of any success story out there this year, it's been the fact that they have been willing to buy sorghum, using Beiju. Uh, the farmers not seeing the benefit from it, but then that's nothing new. That's nothing new. Uh, so, we don't get quite the boost in acres that we should, although I do think we'll see more acres this year just because it's cheaper input costs. People are really looking at input costs. Um, but uh, China China is the key there, and they have an appetite for U.S. sorghum, of, a good appetite for it.
0: How about on the ethanol DDG side? Are we, China, any interest, or what are you hearing there? They, well, they're going through the
1: roof. <laughs> it, it's it has gone through the roof as people have uh, trying to get their shorts covered here i top 50 bucks a ton in the last two weeks
0: yeah.
1: I don't think very much of it is for export I think it's just short covering but man it's exploded
2: huh. yeah. well, and you've seen that kind Andy, of you... structure and the yeah. uh, crush margins uh, be, be reflective of that to a degree um you know oil you know it's been uh, running on in kind of a, a cosmic world um oil share of crush and uh, so it's kind of come back down to a little more of a reality here but i would agree with you tom that that uh you know the the, the shortage in the uh in the grind the ethanol grind is uh, definitely somewhat supportive to the uh the protein side of the, the milk of the soybean complex so i guess that's a, a white light um a white um a white night in the uh in the darkness
1: yeah it's you pull on beans it all helps, but the, rea- the reality of it is this guys i guess this is heresy <laughs> We've got to get ethanol if we're – it's going to take some time through E15. I do think that that does increase demand, but But in the interim, we're producing more than we can consume unless we can get a robust export program going. That is the reality of it. People don't want – people don't like it when I say that. And I guess people that listen to this pod that know me will probably send me fish wrapped up in a in a uh newspaper but uh the reality of it is um we are we're overproducing and i believe that on the other side of this this industry does not look the way it looks today when we come through on the other side yeah i would agree
2: Andy,
0: let's turn it around. Let's, in, let's talk about something, right? Uh, what do you got? You still long beans? No. No, I'm
2: not, Kevin. No. I didn't get got quite as well as you did. Uh, but I'm uh, I'm on the sidelines again, hoping, not hoping, but uh, anticipating. I'm, I'm a buyer on weakness, but uh, I, I just can't see a real firm definitive direction here without uh, some definition from China. And I think the world's got too many other things to think about right now than, uh, you know, are they going to come in and buy a car, a few cargos of beans? And they may, um, but right now I think that I, I'm more worried about how the how the uh, funds are positioned and 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 you know what's their appetite um, for exposure and in, in various sectors and commodities being one of them. And you know, are they um, are they here to play? And I, I just don't. I just don't see anything here that tells me there's a real definitive direction to price, other than uh, I want to be a buyer on weakness, but uh, I don't want to be jumping in here, and uh, because I just don't feel that I have any edge right now at all. Well, you'll be happy I feel like your long uh, rice, but that's uh, that's that's nothing more than the pus and the pimple of a Texan's ass in terms of uh, overall trade volume um you know other than that i i you know continue to be somewhat of a gold bug with the world looking as it does right now um and uh i can't be a believer that we're going to run out of this uh equity market from here so i maintain some uh after days like today uh some painful shorts in the uh in, in the S&P market um and waiting for some opportunities in the grains, which I just don't see one way or the other today. I'm fearful of the downside and uh, not necessarily believing the upside is imminent in right now and here. How about did, you, uh,
0: Did you want to tell them your rice story? What? Uh, you got a new rice inside? That that has been. Well, I no. let everyone know. Andy did give us a great recommendation. Oh, hell, Andy, went won shit two months ago, maybe, or longer.
2: And the
0: rice was back, uh, back in
2: December. It's
0: yeah. been a hell of a good trade. It's been a good trade to this point, so I'm still in it. Yes, it has been.
2: Yeah, Andy yeah it, it's bit. had a good move. Um, you know, rice, uh, last year when we thought we lost all the corn and bean acres because it was too wet, and uh, somehow, magically, they didn't get lost, uh, which I still can't figure out but in the case of rice they did they they lost probably uh you know 35% of the uh, uh expected plantings uh in the in the uh, long grain rice and so um you know the market's short and uh we're looking at probably a negative carry out this year um, with uh 5 months to go and you know the funds aren't really long or participating at the moment uh the big co-ops continue to cancel receipts out of delivery markets, even at six-year high uh, prices, um, and uh, there's, we got five months to go, and it's it's one of those commodities that, uh, you know, Bubba's not going to stop drinking beer, and uh, Fido's not going to stop eating dog food, and you can't really substitute it with uh, Asian rice, because it just doesn't translate and, and uh, formulate as well here in the U.S., so I think prices still have to move higher than where we are now, um, but again, I caution because open interest is a total of twelve thousand contracts. And case of corn, you know, you have, uh, you know, uh, closer to a million, in soybean 750 and soybeans seven fifty, and wheat uh, closer to five hundred thousand. So it's not a commodity that can really be traded with any uh, size or, or conviction, and it's not one that you can get in and out of very easily. It's kind of uh, Sometimes it almost feels like it's, it, it's by um, appointment only to trade. But right now the market seems to be trending, and um, the supplies are short. And it, you're starting to see countries around the world, from Vietnam to Cambodia to Malaysia, um, India, Bangladesh, that have all shut off their exports of rice. And Rice is the largest traded commodity in the world uh, in terms of physical food stock. And you know they're having the same things happening there that we have happened here, which is they're they're stockpiling it. You know, there's there's hoarding going on. You go into Costco, you're you're hard pressed to find or Walmart for that matter. You, there's no rice on the shelves because that's what people have bought to store in their pantries if uh, you know for for the for the shutdown and the fear of what might be. It's a cheap uh, staple, so you know we're we're a very short supply. Um, and, you know, the market's uh, been on a big run, uh, could go a little bit higher. Uh, but, again, it's extremely small open interest, so caution if you decide to trade it. And the market's made this big move. Maybe there's some more in it, but not not enough to jump in here, that's for sure. Yeah, it's definitely extreme,
0: that market. Uh, you'll get a kick, Andy. I have bought corn today. Oh, did you? Oh, shit. Yeah, I bought oh, a little corn. good. good. Yeah, hey, got below that three thirty mark here. Stayed below there. We may keep on trucking, but I bought it with these intentions. You like it, Eddie? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna buy more than just one or two or three breaks. I think I'm gonna give myself, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm gonna have to give myself fifty cents on this one. What do you think? Can we go to two eighty? Can we go sub three bucks? I think we could.
2: You might don't be able to. I can't. It's kind of like crude oil. Can you spend any time below twenty bucks? Can you spend a whole lot of time below thirty bucks? Not not well, and have a healthy economy. And you, could you go down to three bucks in corn? Yeah, but but it wouldn't it wouldn't be for long. I, I just didn't say when's the when
0: when have we? I don't even know. I mean, maybe it was just the other year, a couple of years. Shit, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't remember the last time I was able to buy July corn. 3 30, say sub 330 or 330, right? Sub 330. With the whole season ahead of us, with all the corn basically still in the bag. And I'm just like, man, I, I know all the bearishness. I know all the balance sheet, 3 billion bushel plus. No, that's at all is folding up and on the demand side. But man, I'm just saying, that's, I don't know. It just feels like Tom's saying, I mean, you know, you just can't farm it for that. And I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. I just. A lot of bearishness already built in. It feels like you certainly would think.
2: So. Well, there's no doubt there's about that. that. There is a lot That's of bearishness already priced into everything. So. Uh uh-huh. But well, I, I think
0: take some small nibbles on the brakes, and hell, I. I don't know. I'd be hard pressed to think we just take it down and keep it down and hold it down. But I guess we we've seen the market do crazier things.
1: Well, I remember yeah, we Tom Hammond. I, I don't know, Andy. Did you know him? Tom who? Tom Hammond works for Columbia Grain. I
2: did not know.
1: No. He always had a saying: "It never looks darker than it does at the bottom." <laughs> you're, you're right. That's
0: I was thinking the same thing day when I bought it. So I don't know if it's getting <laughs> much more bearish. And scary.
2: <laughs> well, we'll see jump in and hold our breath. So. Well, as long yeah, as you're willing there. to give it that kind of a, a birth, t- uh, Kevin, I think you'll probably be okay. I mean, at some point we yeah. will see, obviously. I can't imagine we don't see higher prices somewhere along the line in July corn and December, for that matter, than where we are right now. Um, but uh, the question is, from where do we go back up and make the assault, and uh, how long does it take to get there? Yep, yep.
0: Tom, you got any insight? Any good uh, investment ideas,
1: tips, thoughts? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no. <laughs> I tried diversification. That hasn't worked so well lately. Who <laughs> <laughs> would have ever
0: guessed, right? My goodness.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I remember Tom so. calling
0: Andy. remember remember t- talking to us and saying, hey, I, I think I just want to diversify. I'm just so mm-hmm. heavily weighted in ag with farming and ethanol and all the lifestyle, and he's like,
2: i to diversify
0: a little into these hotels and restaurants, and I remember sitting around with Michelle a few weeks back, and I said, holy shit, Tom's got to be thinking, what in the hell kind of diversification was this? And it's like, man, who would have ever guessed something that we could do? T- it had
1: not been fun. I hear you. I may out. go down and take Patty and stay in the motel tonight just so we say we had one occupant. <laughs> Whole place That's too, a good so, idea, uh,
0: Tom.
1: Not good. So,
0: well, well let's hope uh, brighter days ahead, gents. Until we meet again, there right? will say, be.
1: I mean, yeah, for sure, <laughs> so. for sure. Hopefully, it's all be the behind us. Question the I ask myself as we as we come through this is this does it dramatically? Because you've always talked, Andy and and Kevin, um, you know, especially at your, at the prom about change and how the world changes. And I'm wondering if, if we're making some permanent, coming through this side, some of these things, paradigms that we believe today are are gone, whether it be in ag, whether it be in energy, whether it be in, in uh, how we invest. But I wonder, and I would leave you this, I'd be curious in how both of you think, I, I, I just wonder if we are witnessing a metamorphosis and I'm not sure to what, but a revolutionary change. Uh, I know Andy and I were talking the other day about the cost of an education. I'm on the board of trustees at Utah State. You know They were all excited about being able to do Internet when they co- closed the college down. I looked at them and I said, guys, this this is screwing us, because when people realize they can get an education online and at what we've been charging, does that change? Do we see that same type of change in other types of businesses? In in, um, uh, you know, we've already started to see mortar and brick retail uh, decline. Is this the death blow to it? Um,
2: I, I don't know. I, I just wonder. More well, commercial real through... estate. Are people going to need big offices and uh, opulent, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone need to show up one day in the office, or can Zoom and other uh, social connectivities? Uh, um, change that whole structure as well it's uh it's it's a good question it's one probably for another time but uh as Wayne gretzky said uh don't care where the puck is right now, but look where it's going to be and uh that's kind of what we're dealing with and uh those are the questions that we're going to have to answer going forward and that's where uh that's where we need to be focused Looks spot on Tom and I think we got to save that conversation for another day. Um, can't thank you enough, Tom, uh, for being on the call with us today. You're always an inspiration for me.
1: Thank you, thank and, you uh, for uh, allowing me to visit with you guys. I never never do it that I don't learn something. So thank you.
0: Yep, I agree.
1: I second that. And like I said,
0: we sat around the family and uh, some investment friends. Same thing Andy was saying. And just like I said, we can talk about it. just rack your brains until the next conversation. We don't just look to buy bargains. I mean, I don't know if that's the play. I mean, it may feel like it's a bargain because of where it came from, but the, the whole key is where's it going to go next. So a lot of those perceived bargains, and in my opinion, aren't going to be bargains. Uh, yeah. You, you got to try and figure yeah, out sure what, uh, how it plays out moving forward. So, uh, yeah, we can talk about that uh, the next time. Tom, dang, we sure appreciate it. Uh, let's let's you hope for the best in this ethanol space and, Farming. Tell all of our friends out there in Southwest Kansas hello, and we're thinking about them. And we'll uh, see you guys I'll soon. Thank
2: you. Yes. You guys take care. Right, see you. Right, Thanks, Ben. Bye bye.